when we're living with intentionality, we can we can set our intentions, we can choose our experiences in the days, weeks, hours, seconds to follow based on how we want to feel. Hello and welcome to Out of the Fog. I'm Karen Hager. Each week at this time, we gather for spiritual conversation with enlightening guests, and I'm glad you're here. You can find out more about my work as an intuitive guide and spiritual teacher at karenhager.com. Now then, have you forgotten that you are magic? Even though I know, I know in the depths of my being that I am a child of the divine and that divine light flows through me, sometimes I just feel like the schlumpy mom who ends up doing everybody's laundry. Athena Monet, who's the seaside shaman, is here today to help us find faith and magic in ourselves even when it seems like life has led us astray. Are you ready to meet her? Athena Monet is a writer and contemporary shaman. Her soul medicine work uses traditional shamanic techniques, such as soul retrieval and shamanic journey, and a fusion of past life regression work, intuitive reading, and spirit therapy. Athena helps women navigate and free themselves from severe anxiety, depression, and other mental, emotional, and physical manifestations of grief and trauma. She enjoys dancing, writing, seaside living, and empowering others to work with their own loving helpers in the spirit world on their unique journeys toward healing. She's the author of Leave with Love. Follow her on Instagram at The Seaside Shaman and find classes, tools, and resources on her website at seasideshaman.com. Athena, welcome to Out of the Fog. Hello. Thanks for having me. Oh, thank you for being here. So, are we magic? Even if we forgot we're magic, are we magic? Oh, I love that question so much. Yes, we are. Um, I love how you opened up and just shared that you are fully aware of your divine nature and your own essence. However, sometimes you forget when you're deep in your human experience as a mother. And I completely empathize and reflect back that I know exactly what you mean when you share that. Um, we, I was going to post a picture today actually on my Instagram of our girls. We have two girls that share a room. We have five kids total. And uh, we were very much in our humanness yesterday for four hours through going through their laundry and old clothes that they've outgrown. And um, yeah, in those moments, it's really easy to forget your magic and then we come into times of conflict times of struggle times of exhaustion and those are the times where we need it the most and if we can remember to call on our magic that's already existing within us then we can completely exchange our experience in any given moment Um, So yes, I actually had a really awesome meditation the other day in a circle with uh, some friends of mine, and we were out in the universe, and the facilitator, she allowed us to just kind of go where we felt called before we went into any specific intentions for the meditation, and I felt myself as this really beautiful trail of golden glittery dust Mm. out in the universe, and it felt incredible. Um, I was able to get into the true feeling of that being me 
and it wasn't the first time I've had other meditations and experiences where I have experienced being just free form, not in a human body. And there is an incredible magic and freedom that comes when you allow yourself to experience that limitless version of yourself. But what happens is sometimes we forget it and then we live fully in our human self, which is wonderful because we came here for this experience, but we have the freedom and the the ability to call on our magic in any given moment. And that actually can help us to appreciate our humanness, which sometimes is difficult to appreciate. What, what is that magic? What, what do you call it or how do you experience it? That, that magic, because I have mine and you have yours. And even though we're connected, our magic's not the same. Is that right? Yeah, I would say um, our magic actually to me feels to be the same, but in varying degrees. So the way that I would describe our magic is um, through magnetics, right? So that's the the kind of the scientific way that I can explain it um, for us to understand. But if you look at two magnets that are drawn to each other, that and, and sometimes we play with magnets where we have one large magnet and we have all the tiny shavings of all the small magnets, and that large magnet can manipulate the movement of the small ones and guide the movements and draw them in. Um, likewise, you flip it over to the other side and it can push them away and manipulate their movements in an almost an opposing force way. Um, we have the ability to draw actual experiences, um, physical objects, manifestations into our human experience in the same way that magnets can draw into their own field. Um, So we exist in a very multi-layered dimensional version of ourselves. And we all do exist in, in a similar composition, just with varying degrees and varying Um, I would say frequencies, right? Um, So if we increase our frequency up, we might be more aligned with others who are in a similar frequency and a similar um, degree of magnetism. And if we're not aware of it and we're not using it and we're living, you know, in what we would call kind of a lower vibrational state, then we may not be activated fully in our magic, so to say. But I would describe our magic as... um, you know, in in all words, energy um, and magnetism that has the ability to activate, to move, to change what's around us, energy, um, experiences, actual other humans. There's it's it's limitless what's possible. Are we? I that's such a powerful image to me about magnets. Yeah. Are we always drawing things toward us? from that creative place, right? That um, are we drawing things into form from the formless place, whether or not we're paying attention? Ooh, (laughs) Um, I would say it works both ways, just like the magnet does. So we are always either drawing in or um, pushing away. And lately I've been getting the message from my guides, from the angels, 
um, that there's very much a vortex open of energy right now. And there's a lot of us actually drawing in energy, whether it's good or bad in our, you know, in our human language, good or bad, positive or negative. Um, we're constantly drawing in, yes, but there are also times, times that vary where we may be pushing away as that opposite side of the magnet can do. And our thoughts have the ability to do that. So intentionality, which to me is a big part about how I practice my spiritual practice and working as an intuitive, intentionality is triple extra important here, it feels like to me, because if I am, if I am that powerful, it, I'll do better for myself and for everybody else, right? There'll be more light, more good, more flow if I'm paying attention to what I'm bringing in. So how do we know what we're bringing in? Ooh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. Is that so, an ooh, like it's a good question? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. Okay. So, oh, I love it. All the layers to these. Um, so I was actually having a conversation with my partner this morning and I was telling him, and I, I say this a lot to him. I'm like, I just feel like every day, we have something to celebrate, right? So it's for me, it's an excuse to do something fun or to um, go grab a bottle of Prosecco or go out to brunch. But I find I find an excuse every day to celebrate. And when we're living with intentionality, we can we can set our intentions, we can choose our experiences in the days, weeks, hours, seconds to follow based on how we want to feel. Right. But if we are not feeling in a way that, um, again, there's that good and bad in the humanness, right, with polarity, if we're not feeling in a way that feels good, um, that feels aligned or resonant to us, then there's usually an opportunity for us to explore why. And usually the why has something to do with a, a previous intention or a previous thought, a previous belief. Um, a previous pattern that was in place. And it's an opportunity for us to learn and to grow and to change. So when we get uncomfortable, that's how we know when we haven't been living with intentionality, when we feel like we're lacking or we feel uncomfortable. I, I would say, I feel like that's a really great time for us to bring our awareness to, hmm, how did I get into this place where I feel so uncomfortable? I work sometimes with people who have um, health anxiety and have taken um, some spiritual teachings about manifestation, uh, like your thoughts are things and your, and, and sometimes people who have a lot of anxiety get extra triggered around the idea that if I think about, I'm making up an example, if I think that I might have cancer, that the thought of me might maybe having cancer draws cancer to me, that if I feel into maybe how my body doesn't feel aligned, that I'm attracting more out of alignmentness to me. Can you address that a little bit? Because I can see where just like there's push and pull in the mm -hmm. examples you're sharing, I can see how sometimes we can, through our beliefs about manifestation, create more separateness and, and disconnect than we do healing. Oh my gosh, we talk about this a lot in my soul medicine program. Every there, I, I like to say too that there's no one way 
and every human is different. Every human, it's like chemistry. So what works for one person is not going to be the same thing that works for the other. This goes with medication, with practices. Uh, sometimes affirmations work really well for some, and sometimes they don't work very well for others. Likewise, practices like scripting to manifest uh, might work really well for some, might not work well for others. And I have worked with many women who were triggered with their anxieties at the thought of if I, you know, have these fears, I might draw these things into my experience. Um, so what do I do? And then there's the shame and the guilt about the fact that they have the fears or or um, what they might deem as shameful feelings and emotions that don't support manifestation. Um, so when I'm working with clients on that, there's actually two ways. And then, again, there's probably exponential ways that I can attack it, but there's two common ways that I attack this. We do work with um, our inner child. We look back and we see what in our programming created those fears and anxieties. So we try to heal it at the root so that we're not continually plagued by those fears and anxieties um, because we don't have to live with them. We can actually do some work and we can heal the roots of those anxieties. So that's the first thing um, for anyone that feels like they are plagued by anxiety and they have these fears about negative things happening for them. And they feel like if they draw these things in, then it's their fault because they couldn't control their thoughts and they feel at the mercy of it. We actually go back very compassionately and um, soul retrieval is actually a really powerful practice for this. But I do a lot of different methods to go back through time, find the roots. Sometimes it was our parents. Sometimes it was a traumatic incident. Sometimes it was past life. And we we do our best to heal the roots. Um, so that's one angle we attack it. The other way that we attack those fearsome thoughts is we acknowledge them. So we acknowledge, oh my gosh, I'm really afraid that I could have cancer. I've had clients come to me and say, I don't even want to say that I'm afraid of cancer. I don't want to, I don't want to give it attention. Right. Um, so what we do is we give it attention and we almost cancel it out. So we give it attention, but we give more attention and more energy to what it is that we would like to feel or believe instead. And that's when affirmations can be really powerful, um, reprogramming the subconscious so that at nighttime, before we go to bed, we're taking in those practices to reprogram our subconscious and, and convince that little girl or little boy inside that they're safe. What can we do to soothe those fears and that, that inner child that feels unsafe and is afraid that they might have cancer? We can reassure them. We can actually have a conversation with them. We can write letters to them. We can uh, play affirmations. And so what I like to do is tackle both ends of it, the roots of the anxiety, but also the soothing of that aspect of the self that's showing up with the anxiety. And as I'm listening to you, I can feel how that might tie back into that idea of finding our magic, because if I am a powerful enough being to acknowledge what I'm afraid to acknowledge, if I'm a powerful enough being to say, this feels out of alignment, I'm seeking healing here. If I'm a powerful enough being to travel with you back through and disentangle the roots and the all the little knots and strange places that might have brought that belief into being, that's a much more powerful stance for change. Right. And it is if I'm just putting both fingers in my ear and going, la, 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 only positive thoughts, only positive vibes. 
yeah, powerful enough to uh, round up the troops and get help and fight, mm-hmm. right? To fight those fears and that um, impending, you know, whatever the source of fear is. And I actually have had some clients in the last year um, battle cancer. So that's very real right now. There are a lot of people that are actually facing that amongst other things. Um, I know you share in the book, the story of how you became ill after your mother passed and the insight that a shaman gave you. Can you share a little bit of that story and how that, I feel like that has a link to what we're talking about here. Oh yeah, totally. Um, so I love that you said I'm powerful enough. So to, to face these, uh, feelings or these energies that feel out of alignment. So, I found myself very sick um, after my mom passed and actually had lost um, two other family members within just a few months and marriage was beginning to crumble, uh, had left my profession, you know, everything in, in, in my world that was kind of holding me steady and secure was no longer there holding me. So I was very weak and I felt very powerless and my physical body um began to give out on me. And so I was pretty sure that I had cancer and the doctors just weren't finding it. And they were doing all kinds of testing. Um, During that time though, after feeling like Western medicine wasn't working for me, I was recommended by someone to see a shaman and I did. And she actually looked at me and said to me, you know, what are you sad about? And during that time, I was suppressing so much. And when you're suppressing, there is something subconsciously that you're afraid to face or that you don't feel equipped or powerful enough to face. And when I was held by the shaman and in her safe space, I was reminded of my ancestors. I was reminded of my own gifts and my own power. And that's all I needed was that reminder right? And to be retrained of how to step into and access my own power. Once I did that, my life completely changed, right? Um, But it was through that interaction with her, through the reminder, right? It's very simple. Um, Because sometimes we're told what we can't do and what's not possible. And then we forget, we forget what is possible and we forget to be curious about what's possible. And we begin to adapt a a way of speaking to ourselves that diminishes our hopes and our dreams and our wishes and desires and belief in limitless possibilities. We, we shut that down for ourselves because of all the outside voices. Um, So yeah, my shaman was able to help open me back up to possibilities. And it was around that time that Uh, I think it was in a meditation that it came to me to just go outside every day and say out loud, I am open to wonder. Hmm. And I tell my clients this all the time. I'm like, try it. Because when I started doing that every single day, something incredibly magical would happen. I would call it synchronicities, miracles, like strange, you know, coincidental encounters, whatever you want to call it these types of things would happen for me every single day when I would just step out and say, I am open to wonder. And I was just playing with it at that time. 
You're listening to Out of the Fog, and I'm talking with Athena Monet, the Seaside Shaman. You can find more about Athena and her work at SeasideShaman.com. Athena is the author of Leave with Love, a spiritual guide, finding peace, self-love, and compassion when leaving relationships. So how can we, you're right, we do hear a lot about what we can't do and what isn't available to us. And nope, don't do that. Don't go over there. How can we gently start to come back into conversation with all those parts of us, with the the magic in us that is that is open to wonder, that lets us know what we can do, how we can change, how, especially if we're disconnected, if we're grieving, if we're traumatized, if we're hurting, how can we gently start to open that communication back up? Mm, yeah, gently. It's funny because I'm feeling very split in my um, answer to this because I feel like we have kind of two groups um, that are listening and we have a group that we say gentle, but we have a group that are fighters. Mm-hmm. And so for the fighters, you know, I, I, I was envisioning earlier today before our call actually um, us needing to clinch on, right? Clinch on to our faith and our belief until the thing that we want or need shows up or something better, right? So not letting go of what it is that you desire or need for yourself. Um, Because we use the example of the cancer, I would say, uh, for someone who's battling terminal illness, chronic illness, cancer, whatever that might look like, deciding on the vision for what it is that you want for yourself and holding on very tightly for that. If it's financial, holding on very tightly to that vision and not doubting, not letting go, genuinely fighting to maintain your faith in the possibility of that showing up and manifesting for you. So that's for the fighters, Um, for those who feel weary and those who are doubting and those who are jaded. I've been there as well. And so what I like to play with my clients that are um, in that state is almost a little game of what if, because a lot of times when you're, you're in that place, your, your mind is already playing a repeating reel of the negative that's going to happen or the impossibility of what it is that you want for yourself to happen. So there's this constant reel rolling in your mind, telling you these things can't happen. They're not possible. You're not going to get this you know, you would have to X, Y, and Z. It's not feasible. It's not realistic. That's old stuff that clearly needs to be cleared out. But in the moment, what's extremely helpful is to acknowledge, acknowledge very gently and lovingly those thoughts and those reels, write them down, get them out so that the reel stops, right? It's like pulling the um, tape out of the cassette. (laughs) So we pull it out, we put it down and we look at it. And then what we want to do is replace the tape, right? So put a new reel in and the new reel is a what if reel. What I like to do with clients that are not quite in a space in in fighter mode where they can affirm and say, this can happen. This is what's going to happen, you know, with strength. When they don't feel they can say it with strength, I encourage them to write out all of the what if possibilities that they can imagine in their favor, And then to replace that other reel with the what if possibilities. Um, Sometimes it's hard to come up with those, but once you get rolling, they just start flowing, right? So I like to say, try to get at least five 
And then once you get five, go for six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And then they just start to roll different scenarios of what ifs. And again, it's stepping back into your power. Um, what it right, it amplifies, it's it expands. What if I was still here tomorrow at this time? What if I was happier than I've been before? What if something happens that changes the what just whatever that is? Yeah. That's beautiful, really powerful and gentle at the same time. Yes, it is. It's so, so powerful. I wanted to ask you about our helpers in spirit. So Mm -hmm. our guides, our angels, our different people have different words for this. When you are connecting with people as a shaman, as someone who stands between the worlds, are you see you're working with your guides, I imagine. Are you seeing and working with the guides of the people that you connect with? What, how do our guides and helpers seem to you? Yeah, great question. Um, that's that's a really great question. I actually did. I've done a lot of shaman training with different teachers. Um, back earlier when I was getting started on my path, I completed some of Sandra Ingerman's uh, shaman teacher trainings with some of her trained uh, teachers. And one of the teachers that I had at the time, um, we actually had some disagreements on that <laughs> topic. <laughs> And her belief was that that you only work with your own guides. You don't work with the um, spirit guides of other individuals. And I said, well, that's really interesting because I've been practicing for a little bit, not a long time at the time. And I said, and I've had people come in with guides that were very specific to what they were dealing with that weren't my guides. Um, and I pointed out that I'd had a woman come in with a surgeon one, one time, a spirit surgeon, and he performed a surgery right on my table. I just watched it happen. And so I said, I actually feel like, you know, just like in the real world, when we have children, if we take our children to a pediatric dentist, they're going to be more specialized than my dentist. Um, so I have clients who come in with more specialized guides for what their purpose and mission is in life. And that might be that, you know, they're an engineer or a writer um, or some other path that they have a specific set of helpers guiding them that are not my helpers. Um, so yes, I, I I have met shamans that don't work with others' helpers and I've met shamans that do um, because I also work with mediumship. So people will come in with loved ones who have crossed over that are also guiding them and acting sort of as angels or spirit guides for them now that they've passed away. Um, and if if there are helpers that show up that I feel instinctively are going to really add power to our time together, then I definitely accept their help. How can, how can we start to know more about who our guides are? Yeah, I I know everybody's heard this uh, meditation, <laughs> right? So um, I remember when I was younger and I was wanting to tighten my intuition and connect with spirit guides and, you know, tighten my ability to see the angels and all the things. Every single book, and I've read hundreds of them, they all tell you to meditate. Um, it sounds so simple because it is. 
because it is. And so if you can develop a practice of meditating, just like you brush your teeth every day, then you're going to find that you are so beautifully tuned into the world around you. If you want to have a conversation with a spirit guide or angels, um, I found that guided meditation or shamanic journey are extremely powerful methods for connecting and actually having full conversations with your spirit guides, your angels, even your loved ones. I've I've facilitated conversations for clients in the past where we were able to connect with their lost loved ones and they were able to feel their presence and and communicate with them and receive really beautiful messages and it was extremely healing for their hearts. Um, but also extremely empowering for them because they they then leave feeling very clear on their ability to move forward now now that they've had that connection. Um, so I would say meditation, number one, have a, a practice of meditation. Um, something that I like to, I, I also teach shamans. So I lead an emerging shaman training every year. It's six months long. And something that I really emphasize in my shaman training is the importance of good spiritual hygiene. So as you're working to begin to connect with other worlds, think of it like you're driving through unknown neighborhoods. And so there's going to be safe neighborhoods and there are going to be neighborhoods that maybe aren't as safe. I get a lot of people come in and they're a little bit afraid of um, if I open myself up, you know, am I going to connect with scary entities or, you know, demons or dark things? And I tell them, no, if you keep your vibration high and you maintain good spiritual hygiene, you will not come into contact with those, those types of energies. Um, so I highly recommend as you're working to uh, learn, if, if you choose to learn to connect with the spirit world, the unseen world, Think of it like exploring other neighborhoods or other countries, other villages. There's going to be different energies. There's going to be um, different practices, right? Even in shamanism, depending on your um, chosen path of shamanism, you're going to find different practices. The same goes for the spirit world. And so within each, there's going to be different sets of rules, different sets of ways to show your respect. And um, there will be different helpers available in, in every realm that you connect with, but you want to maintain good spiritual hygiene. And that's super simple. Um, smudging, which if someone's listening to this, I'm sure they know what smudging is, is a, a pretty easy practice to follow. Um, I practice getting in nature um, every day. I go for a walk. I live in the, in the woods. And so I go for a walk um, in the woods every day. That helps to cleanse me and keep my vibration to a pretty high place. Um, I practice meditating with light. I call on the angels for help. Um, I bless my home. I have protective measures set up. So you don't have to do too much, but just a little bit of good spiritual hygiene and you will be good and safe. I love it. And with the same loving intention with which you would meditate or brush your teeth. Exactly. Because it's all, these are all basic practices that in, at least in the way that I work, lay down the, the structure for then being able to travel and journey and grow. Mm. 100%, yeah. Athena, how can listeners get in touch with you and find out more about what you do? 
Yeah. So my website is seasideshaman.com. Um, so you can read a little bit more about me, my work. I have some links on how you can work with me on my website. Um, so depending where you are in your journey, if you're new and you're starting out and you'd like to just explore some manifestation practices, talk to some other spiritual people, um, I have my soul medicine program. So we go through a lot of healing um, growth and manifesting practices together as a group throughout the week. I have other facilitators I've trained. Um, other options are if you are further down your path as a healer and you want to grow and do more of this to serve the world and to serve others, I lead trainings and my emerging shaman is near and dear to my heart. It's a training that I created about six years ago. And that is up on my site as well, as well as other trainings that I offer. Uh, my book, everything that I offer and all the ways that we can work together are on my website under work with me. Oh, I love it. Athena, thank you so much for coming to talk with us. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. I've been talking with Athena Monet, the Seaside Shaman. You can find out more about Athena and her work at seasideshaman.com. And of course, you're always welcome at karenhager.com. It's a good place to find out about upcoming classes and events. You can even book a private session with me there if it feels aligned. And there's more fun to be had on Instagram, where I'm Fog City Psychic. If you're curious about what's on my puzzle table, that is the place to be. I bought myself a puzzle that, um, a thousand pieces, darn it, that has a scene of Alamo Square in San Francisco, very near where I used to live at one point in my living in San Francisco. I bought it for nostalgia and then realized this puzzle is mostly lawn. So it has the biggest concentration of all green pieces I have ever seen in a puzzle. But if you're interested in what a whole puzzle drawer of all green pieces looks like, Instagram, where I'm Fog City Psychic. And thank you for listening today. Together, we are spreading a little more light in the world. And a little more light is always a good thing. Until next time. I'm wishing you peace.